if you hear a gentle hum in the background, it's because I have a fan on because uh, Boston is Satan's sticky butthole in the summer. I can't hear anything. I think you'll be fine, you know? And if not, no one's listening. Just kidding. (laughs) I mean, it's like true. (laughs) So so this is the Spooky Succubus cast. I am Abby. I'm here with Rebecca. We're doing an earlier in the day edition. I am in the middle of my work day and I'm pretty sure Rebecca just woke up. So I most definitely just woke up. I have we may not be at the top of our game. I mean, I have an unconventional job. Okay, I don't know. I can't record like after the sun has been beating down on our home all day and it's like just so hot in the afternoon and evening. I was trying to be um yeah, like considerate and I was like, "Okay, I'll get up early and earlier than normal because normally I wake up at like three and and now I'm I'm basically dead I like have no thoughts in my head maybe you'll go on to have an extremely productive day after this it'll be like you know you do I was like you do your taxes no we all <laughs> we did our taxes too late. <laughs> hopefully right. I don't know maybe something really good will happen today you never know I might, go, I might see the sunshine we'll see it's overcast today in Phoenix a little bit, so. I would say, I would argue seeing the sunshine doesn't constitute a good day. <laughs> I do like, I like the sun. I mean, I live in Phoenix, so, like, good that I like the sun sometimes, but it's still hot. True enough. It is fucking hot. I hate the summer. And I, the thing about Boston is, like, when you live in a place like Phoenix, there's central air because everybody expects it to be hot. But in Boston, we have such insane weather extremes, but none of our facilities can accommodate For either like, a one. really cold winter and then a really hot summer. Yeah, I feel like my apartment is made of popsicle sticks at this point. Like, I just I don't understand. Weather has happened in New England for centuries. And no one knows how to, every and year everyone's like, what to do. oh my yeah. god, it's hotter than it's ever been. And it's like, no, it was like this last year. It's guys. always this bad, yeah. It's also like, there's maybe like two weeks of like a real sweet spot in Boston. Like once in the fall, once in the spring. Other than that, it's like kind of horrible all the time. <laughs> last weekend was 60 degrees and pouring rain all weekend. Yeah. Or 55, 60 degrees. This weekend was 95 and like 80% humidity with the sun blazing down on my broken body. When I first moved to Boston, I like had to download weather apps and all of the people that I met were like, what do you mean you had to get weather apps? And like, I just straight up never had to check the weather. Like, oh, it's sunny again. Whoops. Like, no. (laughs) Does it rain in arizona uh, occasionally yeah we've uh, it's like a problem this year is it was a pretty severe drought there was like maybe two like rainy days and it rains for a max like a couple hours and then it's done oh. and all the rain evaporates I mean, we, we could be getting rain today i really don't know let's, let's find out 70 <laughs> percent chance of rain i bet it is you want to take a bet at 3 p.m., there's a 90% chance of rain. <laughs> and thunderstorms. Oh, my God. Boston's wild. Well, I hope this the thunderstorm breaks this bullshit 
heat because right. I can't live this way. It's only it's Boston is wild. Every, we pretty much get like our thunderstorm or a rainy day like every week, right? Maybe twice a week. I don't know what happens here. Anyway, this has been the Weather Channel edition of the are we meteorologists uh so this week we're talking about the 2013 horror movie by mike flanagan oculus which i'm have you not seen it before this podcast i swear that I, I like when we were bringing it up i thought i had seen it and then i watched it and i was like i don't know what the fuck is going on i've definitely never seen this before this is how I kind of first got into Mike Flanagan because I like loved this movie when it came out. And I think it is still one of the scariest movies that's been made in like the past 20 years. It's scary. Um, you weren't scared. No, I like, I think this I did. Cause oftentimes I put on a scary movie to fall asleep. So I think that's what happened with this movie. But, uh, it is a little slow. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a little, um, I was just like lulled into a gentle slumber by this movie, <laughs> but um, it's so relaxing. It is like I really we talked about this last time, I think, but I really liked the Haunting of Hill House and the Haunting of Bly Manor, and like some of the other like Hush. I think is a like that's how I, really like I feel too. about like. I thought it was a really scary movie when I saw it. I was like, holy shit! But you know how I, I feel still about think Home it's really scary, Invader. Yeah scenarios this one's like okay everybody's sad and dead i don't know i don't and the, i i like the sad and dead i know vibe. it works for me <laughs> and then i like that like it didn't rely because it's a very like mid 2010 or early to mid 2010s a lot of like scary family horror movies were coming out like the conjuring and that were like really reliant on and insidious relying on uh, jump scares. And so it's nice that he's like. Also, really reliant on like re- redemption and like. Yeah. Christianity. Sort of, like, and God a religious will save redemption. Today, yeah. And I, yeah. Which is kind of like what I like about Mike Flanagan is it's like bittersweet and there's always like a recognizable reality in right. the construction of familial ties. Like. The Conjuring. I mean, is James Wan just like really into God? Like the worms are not good people. I don't understand it. I like uh, so The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It, which just reminds Did me. Did you of, watch it yet? I haven't watched it yet because I was like, I don't really remember what happened. Happens in The Conjuring, so I think I should probably. I couldn't. I couldn't pay attention. I was so bored. It was so bad. And I also just want to say, like, maybe this is the way that our surround sound is set up here, but the audio mixes on any like. James Wan movie from the Insidious and Conjuring franchises are so fucked up, like, for us here. I don't know if this happens to other people, but, like, the music, you know how he's so reliant on, like, those heavy strings and, like, really, really, like, swelling orchestral Yeah. That is so piercingly loud, and then the second someone starts talking, I can't fucking hear them. So I'm, like, with my clicker, like, I hate doing that, too. (laughs) And Caesar is such a... Well, he never watches horror movies with me, because he doesn't like them. And it's my, you know, some my alone time. But uh, he listens to everything so loudly, and it drives me, like, a little crazy. So, like, and I usually listen to the TV at a moderate volume with the subtitles on. And, yeah, with those movies, I can't do it. Because I can't. I'm like, what? No. I'm not hearing any of the, yeah, the, like, subtle cues. I can't cues. hear what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're not here to talk about the monster again. Um, 
Personally, I really didn't like The Devil Made Me Do It, but I'm curious. I'll watch it. I mean, spoiler alert, there's a female occultist that is at fault. Of course. uh, yeah, she's bad. Lady lady bad. Lady bad. I mean M- man good. I am hot for Patrick Wilson. Like not really against my will. I'm like He looks pretty into really it. pasty <sighs> in this movie. Like gray. Truly gray. He's just like so I think it's like he's so bland looking that it comes out the other end. It's like when people you know, like when people are like is so like odd looking that it comes out the end, other end I think that's what's happening with Patrick Wilson I feel like when I when I think about Patrick Wilson I know he has a face but I can never like all I see is like a like smooth <laughs> piece of like clay I like can't think of what his face looks like <laughs> I mean yeah it's like every other face it's, a, it's like a dude face yeah it's there's no like remarkable he doesn't have a mustache like he did in the tall in the tall grass so Oh, he was so nasty that movie. <laughs> so sweaty. Yeah, but I think this movie is interesting because it's an unconventional haunting. And I think that you, like, Kaylee is an interesting character and, like, her resolve doesn't falter and she's generally, like, pretty self sufficient. And, the, like, the framing of the haunting is, like, kind of more fun to watch than just, like, a slow build of, like, a haunted house or something, you know? Right. I think, like... And it also feels very close. Like, it's a really close, like, experience. So you... I personally feel, like, very uncomfortable it's, like, every time I watch this movie. Almost. Yeah. It's because you're only watching two characters, really. Like, because the... And, like, three rooms. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, a bottle episode of a show. But, uh... Yeah, I think there are some missed opportunities. I think, like, a mirror is a pretty standard horror trope, and I think there are, like, some fun things that maybe weren't, like, there weren't a ton of, like, scary reflections or anything, or, like, people seeing themselves in the mirror, except for, like, one or two instances. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like this movie, but it's not. It wasn't anything, like, didn't blow my skirt up, you know? Should we get into it? Take a big gulp. Why are all of the like? I know you're obsessed with my big glasses. Why are they so big? (laughs) Well, today I didn't want to have to keep because I'm very tired. I didn't want to have to keep getting up to get coffee, so I just made a gigantic mug of coffee. Um, Today I googled. I hate my job. What should I do? The internet was like self reflect. Consider I mean, what you hate about your job and try to like derive joy. And I was like, that's not the answer I want. No one can derive joy from capitalistic endeavors. You know, haven't we learned that? No, indeed. Like the fact that so many results come up when people Google I hate my job is telling. Sad. Yeah, it's like the argument for like in communism, you would have to work jobs you don't like. I'm like, um, I'm sorry. Like what job now? Yeah, nobody and likes I have their to job. Pay a lot of money to get like considered for entry level positions. Oh. I will take communism, please. It's crazy, like how little when I look up art jobs, how little they pay and how much experience they require. It's like, oh, we prefer bilingual, we prefer a master's degree, and here's sixteen dollars an hour. I'm like, well, I'll it's just keep funny. bartending. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's too late for me to become a bartender, and I'm 
tired all the time. Like, I, mean, I don't know, but I think it could be a better life. I'll teach you how to bartend. Except for the health insurance thing. Uh, you do have to deal with people all the time. That's something that I don't know that you would enjoy doing. If you can do it, I, I can mean, do it. I mean, that's true. Well, maybe not. I can't do anything right. Uh, but making drinks is fun. And there are times where I'm like, I have a kind of a fun, cool job. And then there are other times where like, I'm going to go into the into the freezer and shoot myself in the head. So like, you know. You haven't worked in food service if you haven't cried in a walk-in. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into Oculus. <clears throat> Ready? Finger cracking. I cracked my back. Um, to <laughs> to feel good. This is a good one. Yeah, it did feel good. I feel good. Uh, two scared and bloody children look through a crack in the door. Oh, a black screen and Oculus. We get a early title. It's like we don't have to wait for it. It comes early. Uh, two scared and bloody children look through the crack in the like door. I like the idea of like, <laughs> I like the idea of giving someone you like the title for the movie like ten minutes in like. You're like, oh, why, why? I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, here yeah. we are. Um, it's like when you're waiting for someone in the movie to say the title of the movie and you're like, ding, 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 ding. Now I, it all comes together, you know. Right. I get it. I get it. Uh, the two kids are looking at a man pacing around a room holding a gun. Uh, the two run out the front door, but it's locked. The boy sees a ghost and the girl... Um, puts the boy behind her as a gun is lifted and pointed to her face, and then a different, uh, but it's revealed that a different younger man is holding it. Uh, the young man, Tim, is in a doctor's office recounting this scene as a dream to his psychiatrist. Uh, his psychiatrist remarks that the dream shows he has taken responsibility for his actions and recommends he be let out of the state run institution um, on his upcoming 21st birthday. A young woman, Kaylee, arrives in an auction room just in time for them to wheel out an antique antique mirror called the Lasser Glass, which is a pretty good name for the... It's, like, it's kind of scary. It's, yeah, yeah, it's sinister sounding. Um, Can I just say... Her hair. She seems to have a pretty... Her hair is great. But she seems to have a pretty high-ranking job in this auction house that she can just be, like, doing whatever she wants. And she's 23. And I'm pretty sure when I was 23, I was also working in an auction house for $9 an hour wanting to kill myself. I forgot you worked it. Uh, When I was 23... I would argue this is not a realistic portrayal of an auction house. You can't just take... A lot in your car and go like, right. pretend to take it to a conservator. Oh, I've. I mean, we're not Kaylee. To be fair, I'm not as ambitious and driven and intelligent no, as her. In but no way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, when I was 23, I was working at a nonprofit and doing basically nothing for also nine dollars an hour. So um, good times. The fact that I got paid nine dollars an hour and I paid Boston and living in Boston. Good Lord. How am I alive? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, life sucks, doesn't it? So so as they're discussing this lasser glass, she gets an intense look on her face. Uh, she then leaves to go pick up Tim from the institution and takes him to a fancy lunch where neither one of them touch their food. Uh, she has researched apartments for him to transition into, but she offers for him to stay with her until he gets a place. She then reveals that she found it. 
Uh, They have a few days before it gets shipped off to a new buyer, and Kaylee reminds Tim that they have to keep a promise. Flashback to 11 years earlier. There's going to be a lot of, like, present day, 11 years earlier, so that's just how I'm going to reference it. I say in 2002, 2002. in the present, in 2002. I just say PD. That's my shorthand. A lot of time I call the kids Little T and Little K, too. Aw, cutie pies. <laughs> Aw, so sweet. Uh, They're fine. Nothing ha- no, bad No, they then. have a great life. Don't worry. Uh, the Russells are moving into a new house. Young Kaylee and Tim are playing laser tag while their dad, Alan, tries to set up his new office and their mom, Marie, oversees the movers. The movers bring... Adam says this lady is from Battlestar Galactica. Yes, I looked it up and her name is something that I've already forgotten. Uh, something I like... I think it's Katie... Smoke... Katie Socket. Sackett. Yeah. Katie, Katie Sackoff. Oh, wait. I guess I could just look at the computer. Katie Sackhoff uh, played Kara Starbuck Thrass in uh, Battlestar Galactica. So that's what my my man tells that me. I yeah. have never seen an episode, but uh, Bears beats in Battlestar Galactica. That's as much as I know about it. <laughs> oh man, can you believe that Mike Flanagan put his wife in this movie like he does in everything he ever makes? I really. <laughs> I enjoy their relationship. I hope they're doing really I wish, well. I wish that he didn't cast her as oh, a woman of color. Marisol Chavez. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, did we have to a- do that? Her a- name a- could have been anything. Kate Spiegel. Yeah, like, okay, everybody chill out. I don't know if they were like trying to be representative with that name, but then... Didn't nail what? it, yeah. I'm confused. Um, I thought Marisol was really scary. Yeah. I mean, I like Kate. Is it Katie or Kate Siegel? Kate. Um, so yeah, she does a great job in Hush, which will I'm sure we'll do one day. But yeah, I uh, I really liked her in Hush a lot. Super scary. Talk about like only having two performances. Like, there's literally only two performances in that movie, and they're both really good. Yeah, that movie scares me. Um, so? Because that could happen to me. Like, because, I, I mean, I'm not deaf, obviously, but. You have headphones um, in all the time. I, I have headphones in constantly, and I love being alone. So it would take me a long time to know that someone was trying to murder me. Uh, I feel like that's, like, yeah, a horror of mine. It's, like, not. I also don't, like, when I'm alone, or even when Caesar's around, I don't normally wear headphones unless i'm like listening to music and like really don't want to be bothered but yeah because i don't like not being able to hear stuff that might be happening in and around my person i am happy to not know anything that's happening around me (laughs) i do even like in like when i i mean just for like safety precautions but yeah when i go running or when i ride my bike or i only have one headphone in so that i can I know that I'm like just like inviting death upon me, but I like constantly wear two headphones everywhere I go. I I don't know on the subway. That's I mean yeah. yeah I need to know if there's someone like breathing too heavily near me and like I should move away or something. I would just rather not know. I'm just be blissfully <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> it's like when I walk Frankie around the neighborhood like at night. I'm like. At night, if I Abigail. Die, if I die, I die. I know, I know. I don't usually go far. I go like, 
a few blocks, and I know everyone in those couple of blocks. Okay. I, I mean, not really. I mean, I could die. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I could, could die. die. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about who, which one of us would survive a horror movie. I'm not gonna say that I would, but not a lot of white men live in my area, so I feel like that's true. they are the scariest, relatively safe. Um, yeah, no, I will not survive a horror movie at all. Um, I'll either not be paying attention or I'll just willingly go to my death for sure. For sure. There's like this movie. Well, I will get into it, but I was the whole time I was like, none of this needs to happen. You could just not do this. Just stop. Well, you know, they made a childhood pact. so. So they have to. I would have been like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like put a, put a sticky note on the mirror. It could kill you. Send it to the next buyer. Leave the sheet on it and and then smash it with the also, anchor. Also, the fact, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but the fact that she, it was just sitting in a warehouse doing nothing, and she was like, I'll pull it out into, like, humanity again. <laughs> like, I know. Just leave it alone. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But All right, we should, anyway, we should tell what's we're in 11 movie. years earlier, and Alan and Marie seem happy. They are having loving banter about the price of antiques and new furniture. Back in present day, Tim has decided to stay in a hotel, even though Kaylee seems upset, and she tells him she's going to keep their promise tomorrow with or without him, but she could use his help. Um, present day, Kaylee is having a nightmare about the mirror and being choked by her dad. There's a lot of choking in this movie as well. I feel like there's like, a lot of choking, and there's a lot of, like... Parental choking. I'm like, yeah, like, do you have a complicated relationship with a child, Mike Flanagan? Like, right. with a daughter, particularly? Uh, her fiancé, Michael, is very comforting and understanding. For once, we get a really good uh, male partner who basically doesn't have a personality, yeah, but cool. he is very supportive. Like, I mean, unbelievably he supportive. Is like, he is like a sponge for her personality yeah. and bullshit. It's Which perfect. is what Kaylee yeah. needs. Like, I'm sure they have the really good... Exactly. She's got a strong personality. She's intense, yeah. Uh, it turns out that the two work together at an auction house. I think he's her boss because he tells her I that... I think he is, like... I get the vibe. He, it's, like, a family company because he it's Dumont, and his name is Michael Dumont. I did not so pay close enough attention to realize is, that. I think he's her boss, and also he, they, they can, like, do whatever they want. Because it's you know? his auction house. Good, <laughs> yeah. good for her. Um... Kaylee has printed out some crime scene photos and put in an order. <laughs> I'm having a hard time believing this because this lady is organized, right? Yeah. She's, like, on her shit. Like, everything is in its place at the house. Like, she's ready to go, and she's just leaving shit on the printer. Like, that is, like, the first rule of working in an office. You grab your shit off the printer immediately. No one needs to know your business. She's also been planning this for 11 years, but just now printed out the crime scene photos. No, no, no. Like, that's... Well, they're for the video, you know? She had them in a Google Drive. But uh, also, like, I, yeah, she's too put together. It seems like she did it on purpose to, like, you know... It's just the Maybe movie a, telling us that she has a complicated relationship. <laughs> <Cried> for help. <laughs> um... So she's also putting an order for a transfer of the Lasser glass for repairs. Um, Michael is skeptical and asks what's going on, but she says she just needs him to give her a few days and he lets it go because he's a great boyfriend, fiance. In storage, the glass is getting ready to be moved and Kaylee spends some time taunting it when no one is around. 
Uh, for no reason. Don't do that. Uh, Why? Stop yeah. it. Uh, Tim calls Kaylee and says he doesn't like how they left things, and Kaylee tells him to meet her at their old childhood home. So traumatizing. So traumatizing. Don't do it. Boy. And she has, like, Tim just got out of a state-run institution where I'm sure he didn't have the best time of his life, and she's immediately like, I found it! Let's go fuck shit up! You know, like, no. leave. Let, it, let the man be for a bit. She's a little single-minded, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. She's complex, for sure. Definitely. Eleven years earlier, all of Marie's plants have died, and Kaylee sees a woman in her father's office, but we know that no one is in there because we were just we just had a perspective from inside. Um, at dinner, Alan is despondent, and one of his fingers is bleeding. He puts a Band-Aid on it, and um, Kaylee asks, who was the woman in his office, but he denies anyone was there. And Marie is still in good spirits, but um, kind of takes this uh, woman in his office thing to heart. Uh, present day, Kaylee and Tim are in their childhood home. Kaylee brings in a dog who doesn't have a name and has put plants everywhere, but there's no furniture. Uh, she says she bought the place after she got out of foster care. The two bring the mirror into the office that is all rigged with video cameras, computers, and a kill switch. Kaylee says she um, has to get started, and Tim's going to stay, but just for a bit. Uh, she introduces herself and Tim and records the day of t- day and time. She then details her precautions. Three camcorders with their own power sources power source for lucid objective recording um she also is controlling their phones and has alarms rigged to remind them to eat change the tapes in the cameras etc the purpose of all this is to prove that the lasser glass is a home to a supernatural force and is responsible for at least 45 deaths she doesn't go into 45 i don't know where she's getting this this number but yeah uh i believe her right she knows she's got her shit um she then goes into the history of the mirror at a breakneck speed. She's really just like firing off. I didn't write it down. Yeah, but it killed a lot of people. It killed a lot of people. It started with uh, an owner in London, Philip Lasser, who's the Earl of Leicester, Leicester, um, who was, he- I don't, anyway, that was the first owner and that's where it got its name. And then it killed a bunch of people. It was pretty cute and fun. Little, I like haunted histories. Me too. It was fun. Um, but not like the best not like super fun. I mean I mean yeah, it's like depressing. What is fun, you know? <laughs> uh one woman, yeah, like put her children in a cistern, another guy uh ran into traffic after trying to smash the mirror. Um, Marisol Chavez, whose ghostly apparition is played by Kate Siegel, died of a miscarriage and pulled out all her teeth and put them in a plastic bag. Um and teeth stuff. Teeth stuff. Um, and then and while she's telling, recanting these histories, an alarm goes off and they take a break to eat. Tim asks who she's talking to on the tapes and she says all the people who called them crazy. And then Trim, Tim tries to rationalize and calls their father crazy and she slaps him. Uh, she gets up and starts her rant even faster. Um the ending with the 2002 recollection of uh, their own lives that two within two weeks of the glasses arrival, 
Uh, Marie suffered a mental breakdown and was tortured and murdered in their house. Tim points out that she was killed by her husband and was shot by his son himself. Kaylee says that she's there to prove that none of the people, including her father, are responsible for their actions. Tim asks, if all this is true, why don't they just smash it? And she tells him to do so. He picks up a stool and then rips the sheet off the mirror and then stops and begins waxing philosophically at her. Um, Kaylee to the camera says that one person was one record exists of someone trying to smash it. uh, The person who ran into traffic. Uh, it was in an academy, and all the students were around when he tried to do it. And he came at it with a fireplace poker, but then did nothing and turned around and got himself murdered. Uh, and so she says it's capable of defending itself. And she just it just disarmed Tim. Uh, Kaylee set up an anchor to rig, anchor rigged it to the ceiling to smash the mirror. And it's set to a timer every 30 minutes. And if it's not manually turned off, it will smash the mirror. Or anyone standing in front of it. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. She did this um, as a fail-safe to accelerate the mirror's effectiveness. 11 years earlier, Alan... I can't even talk about this. Um, Alan has a finger scene. Um, <laughs> we'll we we'll move on. what happened? It just he hallucinates that he's prying off a band aid, but he's prying. But off he's prying off his finger. It's horrible. But this is the uh. first instance of us seeing like the mirror showing someone something that they're not seeing. That's not actually happening. Yeah. Um, he then calls the kids into his office and blames them for messing around in there because there are books on the floor in a weird pattern. I don't understand the book thing. Um, I thought he did it himself. <laughs> I, he did do it himself That's, and then yeah, blame the like, kids. But why it, the right. books set up in like this weird, I don't know. Uh, they deny it and say the room scares them. Kaylee, uh, in present day, Kaylee points out that all the dead plants um, from the mirrors, pa- that the mirrors past victims all had dead plants in their house. Um, but Tim goes around pointing out that all the plants that Kaylee set up are still alive. Kaylee, the- can I just say she actually bought some like more expensive? I was gonna say just get like <laughs> shitty Walmart like orchids. Exactly, I don't know why yeah. you need. I was like, like these plants look really good. Yeah, uh, it's for the aesthetics of it. Uh, I mean, it was effective. Kaylee then puts the dog without the name without a name in a in a cage in front of the mirror, uh, so that the mirror will eat it. Because she says none of the dogs um, from the histories were ever found. Uh, 11 years earlier, the family dog is acting weird, Mason. and Poor Mason. Poor Mason. And Alan has brought home a gun, which angers... Don't do that. Uh, which angers Marie after arguing in the... I could see you bringing home a gun without telling Caesar. Me? I don't... I've had enough! God, I don't even... He, he like... Got us pocket knives for like protection, like, yeah, for stabbing. Like I carry one in my pocket when like I leave work, and I don't even. I barely trust myself with that, you know. Like a little a gun, no thanks. What? Um. So after arguing in the office, she hears him call her a grotesque cow, uh, but he denies it. Extremely mean. Very like, mean. The meanest insult. Yeah. So, grotesque cow. Wow. Um, that night, the dog is 
barking at the office door and bites Marie when she tries to go inside. The next morning, Alan has a golf appointment and has to leave the house and tells the kids to stay out of his office. But while Marie is cleaning, the dog is still barking at the door, and so she locks Mason inside. Uh, did Bartleby enjoy this scene? Because Frankie did not enjoy this scene. He doesn't. Unless there's, like, a high-pitched noise on the... That's the only time he really pays attention to... Anytime a dog barks on the TV, like, Frankie. Ruff. I was like, invader! <laughs> He does that with knocking. That's the only thing that he, like, if somebody knocks in a movie, he's like, like, it's me. Or if I, honestly, if I put something down too hard, he's like, who's there? Like, it was me. So he understands the phrase, it was me, because we constantly have to yell that at him because he's. That's really funny. (laughs) Um Uh, The kids wait outside the door all day, uh, but when Alan comes home, the dog is gone and was never found. Tim argues that she's remembering it wrong, and Mason was sick with something that he researched in the facility Parvo, um, and that their dad took the dog to the vet, and Kaylee is just remembering, uh, has a false memory. What's more likely, you your misremembering events from 11 years ago or that the mirror eats dogs? That was my favorite line. It was, I, I would laughed argue out loud. that the mirror eats dogs. <laughs> um, he then rips the sheet off the cage that's holding the unnamed dog, and it's still there. Kaylee reminds him that they heard and saw things um, together, but Tim is rationalizing again and says that Alan was having an affair and their parents had a bad, bad marriage. Kaylee says there is nothing in their parents' records to suggest an affair, and their father was seduced, but not by a woman, but by the mirror. Um, yeah, no, we get it. Yeah. yeah. Tim lets it <laughs> Thanks, out. Kaylee. I know. Thank you for the seduction line. Uh, Tim lets the dog out the back door and begs Kaylee to move on and get help. Um, he apologizes and sh- said, says they should get out of there. Kaylee starts to cry and seems to relent, relent a little bit. But when she goes back into the room, all of the equipment is turned around and the plants are dead. And she gets and she is relieved. Ha! There it is. Um, <laughs> she looks through the tape to reveal that it was the two of them who moved the equipment, but neither of them have a record or have a memory of it. Uh, Tim goes outside to call his doctor, but can't get through. Um, oh, before that, Kaylee tells him that he needs to make his phone calls outside of its range of influence. Um, and when Kaylee's phone rings, she says it's for because Michael's supposed to call her every hour on the hour. Um, she remarks that it's a 50-50 chance that it was actually him. The mirror got, she says that the mirror got energy from the dog. This is where it's kind of funny for me, is the whole energy eating dogs thing is like pretty, pretty pretty funny. Um, And then she runs around the rest of the house with a video camera checking the mirror's range of influence by how many plants it killed. Um, Tim thinks he went went outside, but he was really just sitting on the floor. And then Kaylee is really excited by this. because it's fucking with their memory. 11 years earlier, the kids are having burned bread and soup for dinner. Uh, Marie isn't eating, but drinking only drinking wine. And when Tim asks where their dad is, Marie says she doesn't know where he is, only where he says he is. She seems fixated on the woman that Kaylee claims she saw in the office. Tim says she, he saw the woman, too, uh, the other night, and he thinks she lives in the office. 
Marie goes into the office um, and sees a paper with the name Marisol written all over it. Uh, she gets upset, throws things down on the desks, and when picking them, throws things off of the desk, and when picking them up, she hurls a pencil holder at, at the mirror, but it misses. Uh, she sucked toward it, towards it, and her reflection shows her C-section scar festering, and she screams. Um, when the kids come down to check on her, she chokes Tim and chases them into their bedroom and bangs on the door. Alan comes home and tries to calm her down, but uh, she starts to hit them and hit him and they fight. Uh, he puts her in a sleeper hold and pulls out his phone and dials an emergency line, but then the phone cuts out um, and you just hear whispering, um, everything is fine. Uh, he drags her across the floor, and Kaylee sees him carrying a chain. Alan Ted tells the kids that their mom is sick and they can't disturb her, and then tells them they should hang out in his office. And they're like, um, what? You, you're being weird. Yeah, we don't want to go in there. Uh, present day, Tim and Kaylee are replacing bulbs in the emergency lights. Uh, and they're doing this while eating apples of a similar size to the bulbs. Their own fault. It's, yeah, exactly. You don't do that. Um Kaylee sets her apple down and then starts fixing bulbs, but they keep going out. As she's walking away, she mistakenly picks up a bulb instead of the apple and bites into it. She's bleeding profusely, um, but when Tim calls her name, it turns out just to be a mirror trick. Um, Eleven years earlier, there's no food in the house, and Kaylee yells at her dad that he needs to go shopping, but he dismisses her. She goes into her parents' room to tell her mother and sees a broken bloody plate on the floor. And then Marie lunges at her, but she's chained by the neck to the wall. A lot of, a lot of neck play here. Neck stuff. Neck stuff. Yeah. Uh, the kids go to their dad, dad and beg him to take her to the doctor, but he just grounds them instead. Uh, they try to call multiple doctors, uh, but they keep getting the same voice that tells them the exact same thing that their father needs to call. Kaylee then... Uh, goes to the neighbor's house and brings him over, but he's shitty and believes Alan, who is lying and saying that Kaylee is just acting out. Bet Bob felt bad after everything yeah, went down. Yeah, when the cops say. came and took the children away. Yeah, fuck face. Uh, Kaylee's standing, in present day, Kaylee's standing in front of the mirror just before the anchor with her eyes closed out of it, just before the anchor timer is set to go off. She gets to it just in time. Uh, the power is all the way out, and Kaylee is setting up portable lights around the house. Both she and Tim are having constant flashbacks, um, and the timelines are starting to overlap. Kaylee keeps seeing the broken plate on the floor. Um, she picks up a piece and takes out her phone to record and sees that it's not real. Uh, she's startled by a ghostly apparition that looks like her mother and stabs it in the neck with a broken plate, but it turns out to be Michael. Just then, her phone rings, and it's Michael on the other end. Uh, she then excitedly says it's not real because the plate wasn't real. Um, but Tim picks it up, and she pulls out her phone to record, and it's revealed that she really did kill Michael. Uh, Tim drags Kaylee outside, and they call for an ambulance. Uh, Tim says they don't have to do anything else. They just have to stand outside and wait for the timer and her kill switch to work. Um and it'll just die if they wait. Just then, all the lights go on in the house, and Tim and Kaylee outside see through a window a Tim and Kaylee inside the office, and they're lining up in front of the mirror just where the kill switch will hit. 
They don't know what's real and what's a trick. Tim tries to call 911 again, but gets a voice on the other end saying that they have to wait for their father to call and the doctor will be there tomorrow, just like what happened 11 years earlier. Tim thinks they should wait outside and do nothing and be brave, echoing what Kaylee told him when they were younger. 11 years earlier, Alan loads a gun while Kaylee and Tim make a plan to smash the mirror with golf clubs. Present day Kaylee and Tim go back inside the house for some reason and see themselves standing in front of the mirror as the ghost of Marisol approaches them speaking in their father's voice. Um, 11 years earlier, Marie is eating the ceramic plate um, and Alan unchains her and she chases the kids into an upstairs bathroom. And that's when Kaylee and young Kaylee and Tim uh, make the plan to run downstairs Tim makes it downstairs, but Kaylee is pursued by her mother into another room, and she jumps out the window. Uh, she then goes back inside uh, to free Tim, and then Marie sneaks up on Kaylee and chokes her, and she's like, Kaylee's on the floor, and Marie is over her, choking her. Uh, just as Marie eases up and seems to come back to herself, Alan shoots her. Kaylee grabs Tim, and they run... Uh, they run towards the office surrounded by ghosts. They This is when they try to smash the mirror and it doesn't work. They just end up hitting the walls on either side. Um, Alan comes in and points the gun at Kaylee, but Tim hits him with the golf club and hits the gun out of his hand. He then starts choking her instead. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, and then this, and then... Um, so Alan is choking Kaylee, and then Tim picks up the gun, and Alan lets her go. Alan then le- kneels in front of Tim and puts the gun, his thumb on the trigger and the gun at his chest and and tells the kids to run, and then shoots himself in the, in the chest. All the goats, ghosts crowd around them, and their mouths open, and they're making an alarm sound. And present-day Tim... I thought that was really scary. Too. That was pretty scary, yeah. Uh, present-day Tim uh, is covering his ears and shouting, it's not real. He comes to alone in the office and calls out to Kaylee, um, but we see that young Kaylee is still um, in the flashback in the office and she's being called towards the mirror by a reflection of her mother. Tim thinking he's alone goes to set the anger off, turns the switch and it turns out that Kaylee was standing in front of the mirror. He just couldn't see her. The cops show up in both timelines. Young Kaylee makes Tim promise that when they are older and stronger, they have to kill the mirror for mom and dad. Um, it's this I cried a little bit here because Tim is just shouting Kaylee over and over and over again. Um, Tim is taken. It was pretty. It's very yeah. sad. Tim is taken away in both times, shouting that it wasn't him; it was the mirror. The end. is so dark. It's like not even like so dark. In Bly Manor, you get like a little happy ending. Like all the ghosts are happy together, at least you know. Um, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yes, but I think the ghosts are really scary, and I really like Kaylee as a character. Is it the glowing eyes that are as scariest? Yeah, I like the the glowing mirror eyes are really freaky, I think. Don't you? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just, I mean, I like this movie. I don't dislike it. I just, it wasn't that scary to me. I don't know. I think you're a hater. 
Wow. I don't. I Hater. like. I don't know why. You know how I am. Like some random movies just catch me they sometimes, get, yeah. and I'm like really into them. Yeah. Um. I don't. I mean, yeah. I. It was okay. I think maybe like this in comparison to like there were moments in like the haunting of Hill House where I was like genuinely scared. Yeah, that really scared me. That's true. And so like and it has like you can definitely tell it's the same director. It's like sad and scared and like ghostly, but not too reliant on like God and Satan and demons. It's just like dead people (laughs) are sad and present day people are sad. Yeah. Like I feel like the tendency to have this like good bad binary is what I really don't like about say like the conjuring movies and movies in that family where it's like a person like say the like Parker Crane character is psychologically tortured into badness right and this in like Mike Flanagan's movies and uh tv shows there's more nuance to like what constitutes badness and goodness and I think that's why I, like, always really respond. And I also think he's capable of writing, like, pretty complete, nuanced female, female characters. characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think the, like, motherhood slant is something that we see a lot with him. Yeah. And he tends to put, like, it's, like, um, the same way, like, the mother played by Carla, tell me her last name, in Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's, like, very... Uh, established burr, burr, as burr, well. Burr. Yeah, she's like a real actress. Um, I should know her name. Uh, one moment. Pause. But, yeah, hold. I, pause. Carla Gugino. You see her in like a similar, like as <laughs> women in Mike Flanagan's movies sort of descend into madness, you see them become like more ethereal and more feminine mm-hmm. and they're usually wearing like these like flowy dresses. Which happens and, in this movie. Yeah, and you, that happens in this movie. So I think... Where the movie fails Marie, it sort of gets, like, redemption in how complete and, like, nuanced and also very flawed uh, Kaylee is. But that's not outside of her identity as a wife or mother. It's just because... And it's not only because of her trauma. It's, like, she clearly has, like, a strong drive in her that makes her, like, a pretty unique character in the horror genre. I do appreciate that she's not, like... A mother herself now, and how ha- you know, I like that she's been, yeah, she's just consumed like consumed by this, yeah, and has like one goal in mind. I'd like and I don't like that. Like, it feels like, um, a character that would normally be given to a man, and I appreciate that she's the one who's exactly. allowed to be complex. Um, but I also think that her ambition and her drive is her ultimate downfall, and she's punished for being. This, like, strong-minded, strong-willed woman, she's the one who's murdered. And while I think Tim gets the, like, the real sad arc in this, like, she's also not able to move on. She's not able to have any sort of development. She's only had a... She's done everything in her life has been working towards this goal, and she's been obsessed with it, and then she fails. It's kind of a bummer. It is... A bummer. <laughs> yeah, but I think that I don't think that I don't think that I I don't have a problem with the way that her and Tim's arcs are developed because they're complete characters, right? So Tim is 
like even in their childhood like a sense the more sensitive of the two siblings kaylee is sort of the protector and the alpha uh and i think like she's an older sister and i like really see the characteristics of like an older sibling when your parental figures are failing you right. and you see that they're flawed and they're sick. Uh, and, and she, having to I feel like that. Yeah. Family. And that arc carries through to their adulthood. So I think, I don't know if it's like Kaylee's hubris or Kaylee's drive that eventually kills her. I think the, I see it as more like the mirror is not discriminating and it's like he was finding ways to punish each character in accordance with the, the way, way that, that they they're... like operate in the world, right? You know, but she had several opportunities to like give up this game and just let it be, and she d- didn't take any of the opportunities. She had a right. chance to move on and live a happy life with her fiance and her brother, but she didn't want that. I think that's kind of interesting is that her goal was to beat this mirror, but she could have done that pretty easily. She wanted to play a game with it and then lost that game, probably ultimately because she wanted to, like, especially when we see Michael's ghost at the end, who is just like smirks at her. (laughs) I know. I was like, that can't feel good. You know, (laughs) the way he just stands there. Don't love how this turned out. Yeah. Um, Yes, that maybe she wanted to be murdered by the mirror. I think it's also, yeah, like poignant because it's really demonstrative of how different people process their grief and like move through grief and trauma. And so it feels like familiar, like there's elements of the familial trauma there that like you can sort of recognize coping mechanisms that if you grew up in like an abusive home or like a home with a mentally ill parent or both or or or, yeah traumatic childhood (laughs) experiences yeah yeah like you can sort of see the patterns that we like use as adults to to deal with those things right and like i think that it's like this idea that the trauma is supernaturally induced is a coping mechanism. But when you pull back from it, you're like, it's really just like a horrible trauma that you aren't ever exactly sure. Like what happened? The mirror is a complete coping mechanism. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think why it's so like resonant and feels so close because you really like, I think Mike Flanagan does this a lot. He's really expert at portrayals of grief that are complex and deep and like touching, really. Right. Uh, and I don't know the. I think that like something about like you losing your mental capacity and not trusting what your eyes are telling you really resonated with me because, like, when I grew up with my mom, she would be like she was borderline, mm-hmm. so she would like tell me things were a certain way right. and even though i could like literally see that they weren't you know it's like you it's just about like how mental illness and trauma can like affect your perception of what reality is to the point where you end up like a version of kaylee or a version of tim right is that you like also depression can do that too and like very m- many mental illnesses can like fuck with your memory and distort the way that you see things Um, i think like body dysmorphia mm -hmm. and disordered eating also are elements of like marie's characterization which 
I don't know. Marie feels a little one note, right? She's like a wine mom that's depressed because her husband is possibly cheating on her and she's insecure about her physical appearance. Like, I can you see notes of like her being a compassionate, loving person that has like more capacity beyond these ways that she's shaped by the script. But I don't know. It just that was a disappointment. I think the like mother is definitely the mother, you know, and even like, yeah, neither one of the parents really, which is also it kind of interesting because like as two young people who lost their parents at it like at a young age like how much do you really know your parents you don't like at 11 you you don't know anything about your parents really except for that they care about you and they give you food you know it's like kind of your parents are these like not complex they're not characters people, until right? you get older and are able to like understand them as an adult and so not being able to reflect on that because your parents died is also kind of interesting like you're gonna upset them in these archetypes of like cheating father and loving mother who was pushed to the edge by this man like the way that tim sees it i don't love that like the mental illness aspect is like oh they weren't mentally ill like tim is trying to constantly be like no they this was a mental illness like our father was having an affair we were having we had a traumatic experience that we have to move on from and it's like nah it was a mirror like nobody was mentally ill yeah, it was a mirror <laughs> so that's Haley like- also has this like well i think kind of i don't think i see it that way like i think that when, like you said, the archetypes are really cut and dry and they're really, like, well-trodden and specific. But I think... Did you hear that? I did hear that. Beep. It was, it was my work G-chat. Sorry. Um, I'm, I'm at work. <laughs> uh, but I think the element of the mirror and, like, the complexity of the mirror kind of deceiving these people, I think, doesn't, like undermine the idea that it's mental illness but actually provides like a richness to it that is like you even when you see like a depressed wine mom you have to like give credence to the fact that there's other elements of that person and their personhood and their struggle that you don't like perceive um but yeah Marie's like definitely disappointing I also think the like western construct of the father-daughter relationship is like grossly present like right. seeing your dad as like a superhero and being a daddy's girl because Kaylee is like she has this like insanely adamant refusal to let Tim say anything bad about right. their dad even though she saw him murder their mother like in cold blood essentially and like I think yeah it is like the mirror is a coping mechanism and a method for denial but I don't know like the way that Kaylee exhibits this like closeness with her father and calls him like daddy and is so like connected to him. I mean, they both call him like daddy. A, but it's gross. It's a weird. You just don't Western like the, the word daddy. Um, daddy, daddy. I mean, yeah. I I don't know that it's a Western. I mean, like I think like. It put like it pushes Western concepts push mother sons father daughter narratives. Yeah, sure, but like, and that's kind of what this movie is doing. Um, but I like both kids are affected by both parents, and while Kaylee, older Kaylee, 
is definitely like on the side of her father for some weird yeah like western reason i think like it they are both attacked equally by the ghosts and by their parents like psychotic breaks uh, they're both right. choked out. Kaylee's definitely choked more, but she's choked by both of them, which is, I don't understand the choking things. I don't get yeah. it. Quit choking it children. Like, don't choke your kids. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, she's like, Marie is chained up by the neck. It seems like, yeah, kind of like sexual in nature. Um, yeah, I feel like also the characterization of Marisol as like, a seductress, she, a seductress, and like the her persona as a, an alive person was like being a mother and being pregnant. I thought that was a little like why one no, and also she shouldn't have been cast as a woman of color. Sorry, Kate Spiegel. Yeah, don't we love don't you? But name like, your character or something else, or yeah, just like what about Judy? You know? Yeah, you're not Latinx. Judy Smith. <laughs> um, I do love. Miguel Sandoval, who plays uh, the doctor, is a great Latinx character actor. He's been, he's done it all. Why do I feel like this isn't the first time I've seen seen him as a doctor? Oh, I'm sure he's a doctor all the time. Yeah, he's he's a character actor. He was also in Gotta Kick It Up. That was like my first. Do you remember that movie? I love that. No. Oh my god. Oh, he was in. He was in Sharp Objects. That. Yeah, he so was really fucked me up. Did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, it fucked me up too. Um, it was also really good, up. though. It was really good. It was really good. Um, but that talk was about mother-daughter, yes, scary relationship. That's a one-time viewing. I'm not able to repeat that experience. It was rough. Sure. It was like yeah, where I had to like pause it and be like, oh, this is a little too heavy. I need to watch something else now. That's how I felt about. I think we've talked about this, but the Gypsy Rose. Um, series like they made on Hulu. Oh yeah, I didn't Trish watch Arquette. that. I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not not doing it. Uh, that's such a sad story too. I've been watching um, Paradise Lost because I've never oh, seen it before. It uh, it is good. It's long. Um, but I'm like, it just pisses me off. And then I think like this really horrible, tragic thing happened to six children because the three boys that were murdered and the three boys who were falsely convicted yeah of course um but I, they were all white boys i think i watched the first half of it and i was like i'm not able to i mean this. it's incredible like that like hbo is responsible for like and the filmmaker is one of them yeah them, essentially being yeah. fucking peter jackson or like yeah responsible for these children getting out of jail like that's like in a, a way that media is like incredibly powerful is that like it got so many Absolutely. people to be like this is a fucked up thing that like the justice system isn't working but also that like there are three six white boys and like how many black children how many brown children have, have had this happen, happen to them yeah. and are sitting or and rotting in jail or murdered by the state for nonviolent offenses, even for something they didn't do that isn't even worthy of serving like actual time, which I think that very few offenses that happen in our very racist criminal justice system are worthy of actual prison time. Yeah. Our, um, Abolish the police. Mass incarceration. Yeah, abolish the prison. um, Criminal. 
it's crazy like not i don't want to be like i read angela davis but i read like <laughs> i think well why prison our prison's obsolete is like 130 pages right. and i learned like like so much about like the prison industrial complex that is like widely available information that anyone can consume and like intake and it's just insane that people like the privatization of prisons and the rate at which they've been built in the 80s and 90s is still something that like society just rolls with you know i don't i don't i don't i don't understand like yeah our prison population is ast like the numbers are astronomical, astronomical. it's yes it's so unethical that i don't understand how other people aren't like wildly upset about this i was like just filling out a new volunteer form and it was like name your top three issues that we cover and it was like i was like all of these issues are important to me like i can't just pick one it was like yeah access to resources mass incarceration immigration i was like i i can't they're all like i feel strongly about every single one of them and i don't understand why everyone isn't on the same page um i think i'm gonna try to get a prison pen pal and like start writing to someone incarcerated in the area but there aren't a lot of women's prisons in the area so there's might have to go out a prison right down the street from me really? and caesar and i were just talking about like what if we just bought a bunch of burritos and threw them over the fence because the fence isn't that high i was like i bet we could really? launch a and bunch you, of burritos and you see people like out there yeah during their rec time or whatever i was like let's you just totally put a that. bunch of like black on and then he's like on the news they're gonna be like Two people were burritos arrested for place. flinging burritos out of prison. <laughs> but it was our plan. I mean, and I, I don't hate it. I mean, you could probably put, like, commissary dollars right. in there, like, right? But it would be more fun to gorilla-style toss burritos. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> He's like, I'll put a few joints in there. I was like, yeah, I guess. But And then I, I was guess. like, I don't want anyone to get shot. I don't want to, like, cause a scene. For them, you know, but... I mean, if you throw a pack of cigarettes over the fence, say, what's really going to happen? Right. I think you just need to start, like, quietly planting things by the fence, like, little by little. Well, you would have to launch them because it's, like, several fences. Like, it's, like, a fence, but, like, from the sidewalk to, like, the middle of a field and then another fence. and And then, like, you can see them, like, in the courtyard. They're not, like, super far away, but I can't just, like, place it under one fence. Well, I was thinking, like, in the dark of the night, just start, like, tossing things. Right. Like one by one. Well, I would. All right. So anyway, this is let's, it's. Let's, we're getting out of control. A, let's start a GoFundMe to make you a catapult. <laughs> Just like start <laughs> flinging shit over. It has to be a handheld yeah. that I can put on, you know, like on my back, like. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> that you can take on your bike. Yeah. Support your local prison populations and learn about how. Uh, people that are incarcerated are very frequently black and brown and they're put in majority white areas in prison where they're counted as part of the population but they're disenfranchised and unable to vote <laughs> so good times that's a fucking thing that happens and are often t- working uh doing labor for, for like zero no money. monies yeah. yeah um it's modern day slavery it's cool <sighs> yeah life is really shitty it's but, really shitty uh, just remember that community care and organizing are the path forward. 
Anything else you want to say about Oculus? I mean, obviously it's racist because there's a white woman playing the only quote woman of color and there are no other people of color. There are also well, not a Miguel lot of people Sandoval in this movie. Uh, right, right. Pardon, Miguel. I'm sorry. Uh, but he um, plays a Dr. Graham. It's maybe the whitest name ever. They just sweep right and like, over kind it. of the, the model minority thing <sighs> of like oh, it's, like, acceptable to see a person of color on screen because they're exceeding in their professional life and socioeconomically. Although it is nice. Uh, we never get to be doctors, you know? We usually, no, usually get to be inmates. Like, gang members? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. uh, yeah. I don't know. Mike Flanagan's... Never cast guess, like, people of color. No, uh, no. Uh, haunting haunting Bly Manor. Got the He did a better job, and also... I want to say there's, like, one black person in Haunting of Hill House. Oh, Nell's husband, Arthur, is a black man. But he but gets a bad treatment, too. It doesn't It doesn't work out. But I would say that Haunting of Bly Manor does, for a small cast, it does a better job than probably a lot of other mainstream uh, media of the same ilk. I mean, the best... I can't remember either of the character or actors' names, but like the best love story storyline is between two characters. Oh, of Hannah, color. Hannah, and Owen. Yes, Owen that is a really sweet, super hot too. Fine, Woo. yeah. Get out of town. Yes. Um, maybe I'll read the turn of the screw and then rewatch Bly Manor because Adam didn't watch it with me because he was on the road and I didn't want to wait. I can't. I was. I would have watched it with Caesar, but he doesn't care, so I can't. He like just. I wonder if we could do like a watch party. Like we don't already spend enough time talking to each other. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll I'll rewatch Blind Manor. Uh, Fun. We can do mini. Anything? Just kidding. Mini <laughs> I mean, we could. <laughs> we Fuck it. I don't know. I don't know if there's demand, but. <laughs> right. Oh, and um, so next week we'll be covering. An American Werewolf in London, which I have never seen in all of my years. I can't wait. So I think it'll be good to have a little levity on either side of this movie, which was depressing as shit. It was and depressing. kind of just made me relive the emotional abuse of my childhood. But <laughs> but we're good. Good times. Um, and then the bonus app will be the fourth kind for June. Right. Uh, which was suggested seen. by Benjamin. Uh, I have seen it and I watched with my friend Alex. Uh, years ago and it scared like the shit out of me when I first saw it because it is one of those it was like it's aliens right it's not like an early it's a more early kind of like found footage model uh but it's like scary because there's um I think Mila Jovovich is like plays like a doctor, but there's like a very like styled out to be like a very ill looking version of her. That's like the present day doctor after she's undergone like all of these upsetting abduction experiences. And it's set in Alaska. uh, And so it's like really remote and really creepy. And I think it's like pretty good. And I was really scared of it when I first saw it. Cool. I'm excited. And I don't know. We haven't really done aliens, have we? Uh, We did the thing and we did the faculty. Yes, but this is like a true like an like alien, alien story. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll like it. Okay. It's really moody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in a mood all the time, usually a shitty one. <laughs> I, I'm excited about An American Werewolf in London because it's very body horror. We've never done like a, a, 
a werewolf or like a real like transformation kind of thing. Jennifer's body doesn't. I want to do like. No, I want to do like a classic vampire flick, like a Dracula vibe. Right. You know, was Audrey suggested Nosferatu? Maybe we should go in the way way back machine. The only my only experience is I think is our former really. I think our former employer resembles Nosferatu I know. quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know though. I he's more like a possum. I agree with that. But uh, I mean, imagine a mashup of a possum and Nosferatu. This is a very niche conversation any, that only Audrey and Jared right. understand. <laughs> hi, Aj, hi, Jared. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you want to fuck this week? Fuck. Uh, one note mother characters. True. She could have gone and farther. And especially when they're wearing, like, flowy dresses that are white. And are obsessed with their C-section scars. Yeah. Weird choice. I think choice. scars are rad. I like my titty scars. It makes me feel badass. I'm going to have some serious scars from this this little <laughs> spill bad, I took yeah. the other day. Uh, Isn't it funny how, like, you can have a serious cut? Like, I've had stitches a couple of times and the scars aren't even visible. But then I, like, stupidly cut my knuckle on a piece of glass 10 years ago. And it didn't need to be stitched up, but the scar is still, like, super visible. My hands are, like, covered in scars. Like, I'm, like, constantly scarring at my hands. Got those food service hands. Food service hands, for sure. And I have, yeah, like, burns and cuts. Like, yeah, pretty minor cuts. And burns also, that I got. Never go away. I got the art school hands too. Some box cutter incidents. Yeah. But uh, uh, fuck the prison industrial complex. Sure. Um, fuck white people playing characters of color and contributing to a violent Hollywood erasure that is pretty ongoing and consistent. Fuck. Um. Uh, Fuck Miguel Sandoval in a right, nice way. Right, in a nice way. He's got a, I mean, he's got a hot older man. Like, yeah, wise like a, older man vibe. He's got, like, a Tucci vibe. Uh, yeah. Little, little the Tucci. I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, kindly older men don't really get to go. I need, like, a kind of, a guy who seems like he'd be mean to me, like Patrick Wilson. <laughs> You know, if you're if you're choosing Patrick Wilson over Stanley Tucci, I'm uh, like, yeah, we might need 100%. to end this podcast. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I it's he's really scratching that itch for me. No, girl, no. Um, I'm I'm putting an Instagram poll up right after this. Late. Um, I feel like I'm gonna win. I definitely won our last you one. You actually, you usually win our <laughs> polls, but I think that I'm the, the voice Tooch of Nation, the people. The, Tooch Nation is out there, okay? That's true. Um, well, I was just going to say something, but I don't remember, so don't it doesn't know. matter. I'm Fuck asleep. capitalism. Fuck capitalism, We're tired. as usual. Yeah. Capitalism is the reason you fell off your bike. That's true. If I didn't have to go to work, I could be Think riding my bike it. fully aware in the middle of the day, but... Oh my god, fuck Grimes. Have you seen her crazy new... Like she's like trending on TikTok because she suggested that the fastest path to communism is employing artificial intelligence. What? I was like, no, it's redistributing of wealth, madam. Oh, You're God. married to a criminal. <laughs> Grimes betrayed us. Um, what do you got there? You got a little blanket? I do have a little. I'm not wearing pants. So. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, we'll see y'all next week for American an American. Werewolf in London. Until then.
Did you tell him where to find us? Oh, on I was Instagram. Say stay sexy what? and don't get murdered. Dude, that's not us. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Whoops. <laughs> um, you can find us at spooky succubus underscore cast on Instagram, and that has our link tree with all our stuffs. If you could please leave us a review, that would be so nice. Uh, other Subscribe. podcasters, we'll do it for you too. I promise. Yeah, well, I'll. I don't give a shit. I'll do it for anyone. Subscribe, rate, review, even if it's you know like two stars. That I would be thrilled to see any review from anyone that's not related to us or like that we asked to do it. I mean, maybe don't give us two stars, but give us three five stars or and five, send us a, a strongly worded email. Yeah, if you think we're shitty, just give us a nice rating and then. And Tell then us yell at us. Offline. And we yeah. will course correct immediately. But anyway, fuck we'll each other in a nice way. And we'll have a great weekend because this comes out on Friday. Yeah. It's still Tuesday. I don't know where I am or how I got We're here. We're far off from the weekend. Yeah. Although you don't have the weekend. I don't have, this Sorry, is my sister. weekend, so party. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll talk to you later. Peeps. Bye. Bye.